Hey, I'm Kid Adams. And I'm old mate Nate. And you're listening to The Late Show on IPL Radio. We are now joined by Bayan Masudi um, from Season 2 of Hunted Australia, which yes. has just wrapped up on Channel 10. Thanks for being with us, Bayan. How are you my doing, pleasure. mate? My pleasure, guys. Yes, I'm doing well, thank you. Thank you for having me on the show today. No, absolutely. Um, really interesting. I was sort of uh, following the season a bit, and it's just wrapped up, so it's great to sort of get a little bit of uh, maybe behind-the-scenes information on what the experience was like for you. So, yeah, I mean, we'll start with uh, what made you want to be on Hunted in the first place um, and what was the uh, selection process like? Yeah, okay. So I watched season one of Hunted Australia and I thought this is a really, really cool show. These hunters look very scary and mean and nasty and and like very formidable, worthy opponents. Yeah. And I thought, how would I go against these guys? Would I I have what it takes to to go toe-to-toe with these cream of the crop, best of the best that Australia has to offer and and come out victorious? And I thought, you know what? I'm going to throw my hat in the ring and have a crack and see how we go. So I, uh, you know, whipped together a a quick 10-minute application, threw it in, thinking that would be the the last I would ever hear of it. Right, yep. And uh, 10,000 applicants screened, and they came back to me, and they said, we love you, we think you're great, we'd love to have you audition for the show. Wow, 10,000 applicants. Uh, 10,000 applicants, yes. Far out. And, uh, yeah, so they they picked me, and they said, we think you're great, we want you to audition, go find yourself a a teammate, and then let's bring you in as a pair. Yeah, right. uh, several auditions later... The, uh, the team from WA was registered as formal competitors on Hunted Australia. Of course, the representatives from WA. Yes. And is there much um, sort of training involved in it? Because it can get fairly physical if you get into a foot race with the hunters and stuff. Was there like a, a boot camp involved in it? Did they want to make sure you had a certain level of fitness? Or? <laughs> so there wasn't any training or boot camp set by them. Yep. But yourself, we, you we, put yourself we, a bit we through. We launched our own little tiny training training boot camp for ourselves to prepare ourselves right. for the challenge that lied ahead. Yeah, right. Yeah, so th- things like f- physical fitness and working out in the gym, uh, studying and research and preparation, watching all the previous seasons of Hunted from the different Hunted franchises around the world. Right. Studying all the the, the tools and tactics that the hunters use in their in their kit bag of of goodies yep, that they yep. use to to track us fugitives. And just, I guess, study and research and preparation, uh, acquisition of equipment, studying of maps, preparation of strategies, all these kind of things we, we did ourselves. And we spent probably three or four months doing that. How much did you get a choice in people you get paired up with in the show? So people, people choose their own teammates. Uh, so you, you choose who you want to go with. You know, some people might choose a husband or a wife or brother yeah. or sister or a partner or a friend. Yeah. Um, so I chose a, f- a friend of mine. So yep. a friend of mine, uh, we, we went in together as a pair. And um, yeah, because my, my, my wife, we have a, a two-year-old son and can't exactly just leave the to- the toddler at home and, and have the two of us go on a reality TV show together. So nah, yeah, of course. To go out home. and play Fugitive for a few weeks. Right, so. <laughs> exactly. Um, I was going to ask, what's that like? You obviously have a young, growing family um, and you have to be away from them for potentially three weeks. Is it hard being away from them? Do you get any contact with your family while you're on the run? Or Yeah, so I, I was gone for a month. Yeah. Um, so it was, it was a full right. month of, of, of travel and, and filming and everything. 
it, it was hard. I obviously I can have contact with the family be- before and after filming has concluded. Yeah. I could, if I wanted to, reach out to family while I was on the hunt, but, but that wouldn't be, be a very tactically exposed, maybe, so. sound you know, yeah. thing to yeah. do. So you're really exposing yourself to that risk. That goes into a question I had. Were you surprised by the capability of the hunters? Uh, yes, yes. I, I studied everything that I had seen the hunters do in previous seasons of the show. So I thought I had a very very good grasp of all the the tools they have in their kit bag um but they still pulled out a couple of surprises that i didn't expect a couple of new tricks for season two little roadblocks yeah yeah yeah. there was perhaps there were some things that may not have been seen on camera in previous seasons of the show right so i wasn't prepared for those little sneaky tricks they've got to keep a little something up their sleeves they end up reusing tactics if they have new seasons or i i think so i mean imagine there'll be some basic tactics that they would just deploy there is a lot of situations yeah there's Um, a there's a standard standard playbook that they would use across you know across all the seasons and um when you're not applying to be a fugitive for um, shows like this, what are you doing in your normal day-to-day life? Yeah, so I'm, a, I'm an electrical engineer and a project manager in the right. engineering industry. Yeah. So that's, uh, that's the, the nine-to-five corporate gig Yeah. Um, that pays the bills. But I do have a background in, in law enforcement and military and security as well. So those were kind of... I've seen a little bit about that in your bio, that you actually had about seven years service in the military and also some protection of some uh, high-profile celebrities, uh, such as Michael Jackson and Queen Elizabeth II in your time. That is correct, yes. I I did spend seven years in in the Australian Army, um, trained as a platoon commander, um, and uh, yeah, that was very kind of helpful towards my time on, on the hunt. As well as that, spent quite a f- uh, bit of time working for various branches of government law enforcement, yeah. including WA Police, Department of Corrective Services, Department of the Attorney General, Department of Justice. Right. Um, so that was, I guess, good to give me a, a bit of exposure to the, the peripherals of, of policing and investigation. Yeah. Uh, and yes, I did spend quite a few years working in, 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 in private security and personal protection. Right. As well for for those clients that you and mentioned. And what did that sort of entail? Were you one of the guys in the suits that are just like sort of following them around, checking over the shoulder and stuff like that, and making sure there's no threats? Is yeah, it? Yeah, so so it, it varies on an, an event to, to event basis. Yeah. So yes, there would be instances where we would wear suits. Yeah. And other instances where we'd wear other, yeah, I guess, more comfortable and practical clothing as well. to blend in and stuff like Correct. that. Correct. Yes. Right, it but it was sort both. of that very sort of close proximity sort of protection that. Um, sort of bodyguard style. Yeah, or? so yeah, I was uh, t- two meters away from Michael Jackson and right. within arm's reach of Queen Elizabeth II. Yes. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, in both circumstances. And is there much of a process to sort of getting to that level of security detail? There. Uh, y- yes, there is. Do you have to? Yeah. Like, do you get vetted by a lot of people? Is there many interviews involved to making sure that? Um, they want you protecting these high-profile assets? I mean, the, b- both those individuals do have their own personal bodyguards that right. stay with them the whole time. Yeah. So we would work as, I guess, kind of attaches to their personal protection. Right. So they, they would have their own, their own people that travel with them around the world. Yeah. Um, and we, I guess, uh, we, we have to respect 
the boundaries of their personal bodyguards because yeah. we're, we're not their personal bodyguards. So we're kind of more on the, the peripheral of, of, of that, uh, that So is that like sort of when they would um, come to Australia for a tour Correct. or something? Correct, right. yes. Yeah, you'd sort of pick up and just give them a little bit of backup when they're here. That's right, yes. Yeah, we, right. I, I didn't go inside Buckingham Palace to protect yeah, the Queen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, uh, it was when they were visiting uh, Perth. So both instances when, was when Michael Jackson was here for a concert. Yeah. So we provided security from there. And also for Queen Elizabeth when she was attending the Commonwealth Heads of Government uh, um, right. conference or convention here in, in Perth, Western Australia. Is that something that you could get back into, or is that is that more like once you've done that job, like if the if the King Charles was to come back into Australia, would you potentially get a call up to help in that uh, keep him safe? Look, if if I if the same companies that were contracted to use do do this. I guess provision of security services last time were again contracted. Then yes, they might reach out to to me to to step in. You could almost see it like an old movie script where it's like they've got a high profile asset and they're like we're going to have to call Bayon out of retirement. <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. Look, my my security days are, are more or less over. I yeah. uh, You know, I'm, I'm a family man now with a, yeah. with a kid, so I don't do a lot of that anymore. Um, but yeah, who, who, who's to say? You know, if those circumstances did kind of eventuate again and I saw a high profile asset that I thought would be cool to work with I might pick up the phone and, and make a few phone calls and say hey I want to get onto that detail and and yeah, right. strings strings could be pulled to make it did happen Did you get to see the Michael Jackson concert? I what? certainly did yeah I was at the wow. edge of the stage yeah, absolutely That's wow. what, and paid to be there Yeah I yeah. mean a lot of people pay big money to be there you were actually yeah. one of the people that was absolutely. paid to be there watching it Yeah you know he had some some big uh, props on his, his stage he had like he had a life size tank he had a Right. life-size airplane like one of these small airplanes oh wow yeah i went and i sat in his tank and you know oh, wow sh- you know pu- push the buttons and pulled the triggers and, and everything awesome. inside his tank on the stage and cr- climbed around in his aircraft and those kind of things yeah absolutely That's some cool i got to play with all the, all the props i actually yeah, right. had i actually had uh, dinner with him in in south africa oh really yeah yeah about a couple about a year or so later yeah yeah yeah, we partied. We partied together in, in South Africa. Yeah. Right. What's it like to party with Michael Jackson? Uh, it was a very interesting event, to be honest. Uh, it was actually quite coincidental. It wasn't. It wasn't planned at all. Uh, I was on holiday with my family in in Johannesburg, and we decided that we would spend a, a weekend away at a resort called the Sun City Resort, yeah. which is about two hours north of Johannesburg. So we drove out there, and as as we pulled in, we saw this fancy stretch limo parked in the, in the in the valet parking at the front and we didn't bat an eyelid we thought okay some some vips here. here yeah so we went and we were you know uh, playing around in one of the, the the pools they had like some water slides and things and walking through some of the areas of the hotel saw this big rush of people kind of like all right, heading heading course. in a certain direction and we yeah. thought oh what's there's a bit of a ruckus happening over here i wonder what's happening so we kind of like wandered down to have a look see and saw that, uh, lo and behold, who's who's standing there? But Michael Jackson. Wow. Michael Jackson, unreal. Yeah, yeah. So he was there with his, his his bodyguards, and I, I sauntered over to to one of them and, and tapped him on the shoulder, and I said, "Hey, I worked with the security detail for you guys when you came to Perth last year. Right? Would it be possible for me to get a, a little autograph for for my nephew and and you know make him happy?" And he he wandered over to Michael and whispered in his ear real quick, and Michael had a bit of a look see in our direction and. Gave a bit of a nod, and then uh, from then we, you know, wandered over, got an autograph from him, and he and he said, "Would you like to join us?" 
And I said, yeah, absolutely. Why not? Wow. So we spent the next two to three hours uh, playing like arcade games and these kind of, you know, the, the fun games you have at, at, at carnivals and like yeah, the Royal yeah, Show right. yeah. where you throw Carnival basketballs. Games, and sideshow Alley sort of yeah, thing. Sideshow yeah, Alley, yeah, yeah. Sideshow wow. Alley kind yeah. of games. We, we played those for like three hours. Wow. And I, I, I beat Michael in, in most of the games that we played together. <laughs> really? Oh, wow. That's cool. <laughs> and, Unreal, uh, man. After that finished, we he said, hey, do you want to come join us for, for dinner? I was like, absolutely. Why not? So I sent the little cousin back to, the, back to his, his parents. Yeah. Got uh, changed into some nighttime attire and, and, and went and had dinner. They had booked out the whole restaurant and kicked everyone out. Of course had they the would. Ho- had the whole entire restaurant just for the yep. for one table. Wow! And uh, had about twenty people seated there, and Michael was sitting diagonally opposite from myself, like yep. literally less than a meter away, and had dinner with him and chit chatted for an hour or two. Wow! After that, he was like, "Hey, do you want to come and party with us at the hotel nightclub? I can put your name on the list." I'm like, "Hey, sure, why not? Let's let's do it." So when put the put the, the the party outfit on and then came back and partied with with Michael and the stars of Bold and Beautiful were there as well. Oh really? Thorn and Ridge and I don't know some people who I don't know who they are, but apparently yeah. they're, they're Classic stars characters. of Bold yeah. and, and Beautiful. That thing's still running. Sweet Swedish volleyball team was there too. Oh some, really? Some oh. other rappers and people oh, that yeah. I didn't know who they were, but apparently they were. Rich, famous Americans. What's the name of this hotel again? I've got to go Sun, there, eh? Right? Sun, Sun City Resort. Sun City Resort. That, yeah. Wow. <laughs> it's a very fancy looking place. There's some big yeah. names going there. There are some big names there, yes. Unreal. So you party with Michael in a nightclub and stuff. What does Michael drink? Or what, sorry, did he drink? Um, but I, uh, I, I think he just had soft drinks. I, I don't think he had anything. I don't recall him having no, anything heavy. more heavy yeah. than that. Yeah, I think he just had like water and juice and softies and that kind of stuff. So. Unreal. And yeah. does he engage in conversation much? He does. He, he yeah. does. Yeah, right. He was very, very soft-spoken. Yeah. Very, very soft-spoken. Um, and he, he almost had, he had a, a very feminine voice. A very yeah. feminine voice. I did hear online, you know, you hear rumors and things. I did hear that he actually had a lot deeper voice and that that was more of a persona that he would portray to the world. Through interviews and shows. Look, I mean, I, I spent close to, gosh, t- 12 hours with a the guy. There's, there's no way he could put, put on a voice for 12 hours that, straight. Yeah. So, I mean, imagine he has a, a range in his octaves because yeah. he's a yeah, professional yeah. singer for yeah. so long. But, yeah, I mean, I've always seen him to speak with a very soft, um, almost feminine yeah. voice, you know. And, yeah. Um, yeah, that's why even a lot of the parodies sort of mirror that when they do parodies, Michael yeah. Jackson. But, um, sorry, um, back back to Hunter. That's a yes. uh, really cool story, a yeah. really cool experience that he got. Um, but just uh, quickly back to Hunter. Um, before you sort of get released and you're over in Melbourne, um, first I want to ask, do you feel like you had a bit of a disadvantage there being that some of the fugitives were from Melbourne um, and that they get their home ground advantage? Yeah, ab- absolutely. I mean, being from from WA and not being familiar with the, the local geography of of the state, yeah, there is that disadvantage. So, Was that part of your sort of boot camps and training before you? Yeah, I mean, we we did do some some map preparations. Yeah. So we we did, I guess, study the map of Victoria a little bit, study the map of of Melbourne a little bit, studied the maps of different areas that we were planning to go to a little bit, the different towns that we were visiting, planning yeah. to visit. So we did do a bit of map study. Um, it actually didn't turn out to be that much of a disadvantage that I 
would have thought it would have been. Yeah, so right. it wasn't that that problematic. Yeah. But from a different perspective, it was a disadvantage because the local Victorians have a much bigger network of contacts and people that they know. Yeah, of course. So they might know hundreds of people in Victoria spread across the state. Did you Whereas, know anybody over there before I you mean, started? We, yeah, we, we had s- small pockets of people. Yep. I mean, I probably have about 20 or so people that I know that live in the state of Victoria. So it's not a large, not a large group. Yep. Having said that, I didn't want to use people that I was close with anyway. Right. I wanted to use people that are strangers. Because the hunters would have gone straight to the exactly. people you had strong connections to. Exactly. Like, right. I mean, I have some uh, family, like cousins and aunties that live in Victoria. But if I went to stay at their house or borrow their car or ring their phone, that's yeah. a, just inviting the hunters to come and catch them. They're going to be all so, over you. Right. So yeah. they, you know that they're going to be closely monitored. Yeah. So I wouldn't want to go anywhere near those people in the first place. Yeah. And um, just before the drop, when you all get sort of released in Melbourne, it was at Federation Square, something like that? Uh, it was in Docklands. So we oh, were Docklands, that's a, right. On a boat. Yeah, yeah. So um, it was Did you get to jetty. spend much time with the other fugitives? No. No? Um, no. In the brief time that you were with them, did you get a feeling like, oh, these guys are going to be good contenders or anything like that? Anybody that just seemed to sort of fit the bill? Yeah, I mean, you can... You can... <sighs> I mean, we, we didn't get a chance to speak. Yeah. Obviously, you, you see each other on the boat um, just before your release, so you can really only make an assessment based on your visual perception of those individuals. Right. Um, Do you remember seeing any of the contestants that made yeah, it all the way? Yeah, the, the, there were people that I looked at and I thought, oh, I, I don't know if these guys are going to last very long. They, they yeah. don't look like the types that would be kind of successful in this. Yeah. And there was others that I looked at and I thought, you know what, these guys looked like they could be strong contenders. Yeah, right. Uh, I had I was surprised. Some of the people that I didn't thought think would, would make it far made it a lot further really than I well. expected. Yep. And then there were other people that I thought would make it really far and they got caught very early. So, you know, those visual assessments, you've you got to take it with a pinch of salt. You know, you, you, can't, you can't judge a book by its cover. While yeah. you were on the run... Did you keep up with what other people were doing? Was there a way to know if someone had been caught or was it more so? <laughs> Absolutely not. Right. Th- there's no way for us to know what any other fugitive or hunter You're is doing. You're not getting any you information You have no idea what is going on anywhere else. Yeah. All we know is what we can see and in our immediate vicinity, that's all we know. Yeah. And um, one question I did want to ask is about, obviously, you were filmed the whole time and you wear the um, cameras on your chest to film everything, but you also have a cameraman that's with you to film when you're running and stuff like that. Do you find that a hindrance at all? Yeah. Yes. Short answer, yes. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we'll, we'll keep that simple, I suppose. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. Um, and also... Having said that, yeah. they do their best to be as inconspicuous as possible. Yeah, right. I'm, I'm choosing my words carefully here. Like ninjas. They get ninja training before they start. Yeah. I, I don't want to give away any of the magic of production. So no. uh, they, they do try their best to be as inconspicuous as possible. Yeah. 
I think it's all in the guidelines, though. That yeah. I mean, if you look up hunted and you look at um, the guidelines and stuff, it shows it all in there. Um, the sort of things that you have to uh, do and what's expected from the fugitives and stuff. So that's all in there. Um, there was some people saying during the show on some social media that sometimes when the hunters gained access to people's homes, it's sort of crossing the line a little bit. How do you feel about this? Oh, uh my, my personal opinion is having hunters coming through your home and, you know, t- tossing your underwear drawer and looking inside that your That was freezer a very contentious point, yeah. And looking looking through your personal diary and reading yeah. that. It, yes, some might say it's quite invasive, an yep. invasion of personal privacy. Is Yeah, is that I what they sort to of agree? have signed up for, you know, so... Um, My house is in WA, so it's a long way for them to travel. Yeah, so maybe that was your no, advantage. Some that, people that, had the home ground exactly, advantage. Exactly. Um, so that, that plays was an into advantage, your advantage that they they can't come and you know kind of ransack my house. Yeah. Which is great. Um, um, I noticed a lot of them, um, they would sort of rock up to people's houses that the fugitives might have been staying at and just said, oh, we need to have a quick look inside. Um, I see a lot of people were very accommodating. You know, they were just like, oh, yeah, sure, come on through. Like, um, are they allowed to say no? I mean, you were, um, your final moments in Hunted, you were locked inside and they had to basically wait for you to come out. Like, they didn't grant themselves access to the building you were in at the time. Um, so I think it was interesting that sort of people gave consent for them to come through. Obviously, you just locked the door and you were safe while you were inside. Um, but other people would give consent so easily. Do they have the right to say no? Uh Again, I'm going to have to choose my words very carefully on how I answer that question. That's all right. I completely understand. There, yeah. there, there is a there is a rule book that must yeah. be followed. Yeah, that rule book is different to what is legal in society. So yeah. the legalities of society don't apply in this quote unquote game. Yeah. So the game has a certain set of rules. Yeah. That must be abided by, and yeah. that applies to. Fugitives applies to hunters, applies to accomplices. Yeah, everybody. It applies under to a any games. Really, they have yeah. different sets of rules, like AFL. Right. You know, you can exactly. go and tackle somebody that's got a ball. You just run exactly. up and tackle somebody in public, and you're going to be in a lot of trouble for right. it. You know, so right. different games yep. have different rules. You play so. Monopoly; it's got a set of rules. Yeah, absolutely. Rules. You Every know, game so. you have to follow the set of rules of that game. Yeah, yeah, no, completely understandable. Yeah. Um, yeah it, your final moments, is there anything you regret about um, what was it that sort of gave you away in the end? Was it the trying to connect to the Wi-Fi at the phone box? <laughs> Did that sort of give away your general location? This, As, this is the question all of Australia wants to ask. Right, <laughs> yep. Um, yeah, look, uh, we, we did use a, a burner phone that was compromised. Yep. Uh, now, that one was quite visibly shown on national TV. Everyone saw, saw that. Yeah. It's, not, it's not a secret. Uh, we did use a VPN on that phone yep. to mask our location. Uh, we had no SIM card in the phone. Right. And we connected to a public Wi-Fi operated by the state of Victoria that we thought tens of thousands of other people are also connecting, connecting to Wi-Fi at the same time. Yeah. So it's... It's got to be a needle in a haystack kind of scenario. Right, trying our to play browser, the odds. Our browser was in private mode as well. Yeah. 
So in incognito mode. Yeah. So that we thought we had multiple layers of protection in place. And all of this was was shown on TV. So none none of this is new information. It was all shown in the edit on TV. Yeah. Um but what we didn't know was that the phone itself was compromised and the IMEI number, which is the identification number of the phone, that that right. could be tracked. We were um, under the impression that this could not be tracked. Yeah. Based on all of the Mission Impossible movies we had watched throughout throughout <laughs> our lives. And you, all your training going back on Mission Impossible movies right. and stuff. Yeah. So all of the Hollywood movies we'd watched since the dawn of time all yeah. says that SIM cards can be tracked, but phones cannot. Wow, right? phones can also but be tracked. But it turns apparently. out that the phones can be tracked. Now, yeah, so that that place and that the brought them to your general location. Our general location. Yeah. Now, what they did with that was they said, "All right, we don't get very many options to actually find Bayon and Isha. This is a tiny breadcrumb. We have to throw everything we have at this because we may not get another chance to find these guys again." So they sent their entire army of of ground hunter units got all their resources to that area to, to canvas that area just canvassing the streets knocking on doors stopping cars you know interrogating you right. know randoms wow. in the street to try and find us and this street canvassing campaign of theirs had a very very lucky moment and that was yeah. i i you left the unit or something i left the unit yes yeah. I, I i was outside looking for a neighbor to borrow a mobile phone so I could make a phone uh. call. And in that split second, I thought I saw a shadow running across the street. And I was like, what the hell was that? That looked like something that was kind of potentially concerning. I didn't know what it was. My curiosity got the better of me. I stuck my head out to have a quick sneak peek oh, to no. see what I to, to confirm what I thought I saw yep. in that moment. Locked eyes with a hunter. One of the hunters. And then the rest was history. It ran back into the unit. Yeah. 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 Did you have any other option at the time? Because uh, I was a little bit frustrated watching that. I was like, why did you go back into the unit, Bayon? But um, did you have any other options from where you were in that moment? Look, um, the apartment complex was surrounded on all sides. Yeah. So there was, there was two entrance gates. Yep. One entrance gate. I locked eyes with a hunter. Uh, the other entrance gate, which I ran towards, also had another hunter. Right, yeah. You're and, pretty locked uh, in. And so I was surrounded on both sides. Yeah. My only hope was to be able to sprint up to the apartment, close the door, and hope they that they see. didn't see which apartment I went into. Yeah. That was that was the hope. Um. Because obviously there's fences and they have to scale the fences to get inside the apartment complex. Right. So you so thought you I had thought, enough of a delay thought, that you might I be thought, able to get in. Maybe I got 15, I got about 15 seconds up my sleeve if I can sprint fast yep. before these guys see which apartment I, I get into and shut the door. Then maybe I can hide inside the apartment. They won't know which one I got into and there's a chance that we can get away. Unreal. Unfortunately, it was not the case. Um, when I seen you sort of trapped in that apartment with nowhere to go, um, my mind started thinking extremes, like sort of going through the ceiling and into another unit or going through the roof. And it sort of made me wonder um, what sort of safety is involved in this? Because obviously I imagine they would say safety first. Do they, if it was a real fugitive hunt, 
you might do something extreme like go through the roof and then jump off the edge of the building. Obviously, being a game for a TV show, they're going to tell you to limit how much risk you take. Like we discussed earlier, there's a rule book that has to be followed. Yeah, yeah, that's what I was expecting, yeah. Um, and there's things we can do and things we can't do. Yeah, so and when people are getting frustrated, maybe thinking that you could have done something that was maybe a little bit more extreme or maybe even some of the other fugitives, um, there is a certain level of danger that they would say, please don't cross this, obviously. Yep, we have to follow the rule book. Yeah, because people's <laughs> safety would obviously um, yes. be paramount. Yes. Uh, but yeah, that did unfortunately um, end your time on the run. How long did you last altogether on the run? Uh, there was four days left in the run, so it's 21 oh, wow. days. Yeah, so we got day 17. Far out, so yeah. close. And then for something like that, just a little bit of um, luck to bring you undone Yeah, uh, is unreal. Yep. Um, so what's next for Bayern? Uh, what's next? Look, uh, it's been a great hunt. The The story isn't over yet. Um, I have quite a few projects in the pipeline that I'm excited to share with, with, with the viewers and the fans and the followers of the show. Uh, I am looking to do a few projects in the, the film and, uh, and, and TV and radio space. Yeah. So it would be great to, um, to share that with, with, with your, your viewers and the audience online. Uh, we are going to be posting these on my personal Instagram, which is Bayon Masoudi on Instagram, B-A-Y-A-N-M-A-S-S-O-U-D-I. Yeah. So if anyone wants to keep track of, of the projects in the pipeline, Bayon Masoudi on Instagram, please go and head over to Instagram, smash the follow button, and then we can share all of our pro- projects with you in the future. Oh, cool. Sounds like you've got a lot going on, and I look forward to staying updated with all that. Uh- Thank you, but we're always looking for more opportunities. So if anyone out there has anything they wanted to uh, throw some projects for for feelers in our direction, uh, film, TV, radio, anything of the sort, we're open to options. So please hit me up and uh, let's have a conversation. Uh, Beautiful. Awesome. Um, Thanks heaps for your time, Ben. Um, uh, Sorry that sort of uh, hunt came to the end the way it did for you, but it was definitely exciting viewing. So, um, yeah, thanks for being here and thanks for your time on the hunt for Hunted Australia Season 2. Thank you to IPL Radio for having me on today. It was an absolute pleasure chatting to you you blokes and uh, can't wait to, uh, to see what the future holds. Beautiful. Nice one, mate. Uh, We will wrap that up for now. Um, And because this is not live, we can just say cut.